Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. So by now you're probably like, damn, we've heard from a lot of police and a firefighter. Where's the military at? Well, in this episode, I sit down with Sergeant Pedro Martinez, a dude who was one of the first guys sent into Iraq after 9-11. Pedro is hands down one of the nicest and most genuine people I've ever met. A guy's guy and a true hero. After the interview, me and Pedro got to chat a bit, and he asked if we could dedicate this show to somebody. So to his wife, and to all the military wives out there who support our boys through the highs and lows, this one's for you. Sergeant Pedro Martinez was an infantryman in our nation's military. He grew up in the Bay Area, but was originally from Mexico. He now considers Fresno not only his home, but the place he says is best for his healing. Martinez joined the Army right out of high school because he had an older cousin who enlisted, and he saw that to be the best route for him to make money, but simultaneously do something that mattered. He joined the military in 2001, months before 9-11. Now, so it was just, uh, so we were just coming out from a field training event, you know, and uh, we were doing weapons maintenance. So it was, uh, it was typical, we were having fun. You know, it was fun because we, we you know, we were uh, just coming out of a long training event and, uh, and uh, it, was, it, was, it was fun because we were getting to clean the weapons, turn them in, and we're about to just relax. And so the, uh, that's when uh, uh, we were in the, in the barracks and then one of, uh, uh, one of our friends got called up uh, saying, you know, like, hey, uh, they, just, uh, they just hit the Twin Towers. You know, they just hit the Twin Towers, and 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 everybody was like, we're, we're, "This is a joke. What's going on?" So we we everybody like rushed to the TVs, you know, and, and we were just glued on there, and that's when we saw the second tower wow. get hit, and uh, um, and and that's what I'm talking about. That it was instantly that that it went from laughing to oh shit, you know, we were right there at the bottom of the stairwells, and and immediately rushed up and. And uh, that's when uh, we, the, the, one of the towers was already on fire, and uh, and uh, and within minutes we saw the next plane hit, and we 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 we, we put the base on lock. You know, we we closed everything up. We we uh, we constantly wired all the buildings, and and so it was just Redcom one, and uh, and it was a little ghost town. Everybody, you know, grabbed their supplies because we we didn't know what was next. You know, obviously, you know, they they. They try to, uh, you know, attack the Pentagon, you know. So we were just like, where, where it's gonna happen? So it was just immediate, immediate, uh, an immediate change of mindset. Okay, so you're stateside, twin towers blow down. Um, what's next? Uh, like I said, you know, the the timeline's all fuzzy. You know, it's, uh, um, but I, I just remember uh, us getting getting orders and and just getting getting uh, vehicles from from the from the whole post you know getting vehicles and and them giving us uh, vehicles to get to um, to be redcom one and and uh, honestly i i don't remember uh, how long after that but i remember we were the fr- the first unit from from uh, from our post to leave and um so it was um it was a little too too real too soon so it it, it was like a like my brain just got like a a shock, hmm. you know, and because we actually had to, you know, go to training, get ready to go, and and then we we, we pushed out, you know. For that stories, and and that's beautiful that you asked me because, it, it, like I just said, I just I got happy because it was a happy moment, right. and then all of a sudden it, it was like, oh shit, you know. So it's this is cool that you're even asking me because this yeah. is supposed to happen like this. I, I I can imagine it's tough talking about it and, and reliving those times, but 
you're doing pretty well talking about it. What are some of the things that you're learning or helping you be able to talk about it and be able to, to kind of put that timeline together without it being too too much of a tragedy for you? Man, yes. Um, see, uh, Jana has uh, has taught me. Um, she has taught me, like I said, you know, I, I I pushed and avoided all that stuff, but she had taught me. She's teaching me how to bring that that the staff sergeant in me, uh, bring it back uh, without the, the the trauma. You know, realizing how I can use those assets here right now, uh, without fearing that 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 something catastrophic is about to happen. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What's your to go back a little bit? What's the what's the sleep schedule like when you're deployed? When you're you know in Iraq? What can there you go isn't through that? A, there isn't a sleep schedule. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there really isn't. You're you're flexible. Like that was that was uh, what was difficult for the uh, in the. Uh, even thinking back when I was in the infantry, so, you know, I was, uh, the best way to explain it is uh, police by day, uh, SWAT by night, and then every once in a while we'd, we'd have uh, high-value targets that we would collaborate with, high, with, 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 with other units, and, and so all of a sudden we're, we're, we're in the grind. So we were just a little bit of everything. And on, and on our maintenance days were the days that we were on, on QRF, which is a quick reaction force, so. Mm. So you're 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 on a constant go. So that's kind of even the the mindset that that we that us soldiers get out of the military. Just really, you know, you're amped up all the time when you come back and you have all this liberty and to do all this other stuff because you just ran your body to the max mm. for so long, and even training up to it that. It's almost like your, your whole core of your system gets rattled loose. So you talk about being over there and being part of these task force and policing and, you know, doing the kind of, uh, for what you said, kind of a SWAT thing. Um, what's it like to be back and just not have any of that happening around here? I mean, it's so different, right? It's almost two different worlds. It is. It really is two different worlds. Uh, and that's the, that's the struggle is that, that our mindset is, is on the, it's still in, in that stage. Uh, it's still like expecting something to happen, and uh, and with that mindset, uh, small tasks uh, become almost impossible. Hmm. It's just it, you, your brains, you know, and then you're like trying to relax and think about this, and you know, it 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 takes some uh, um, some calibrating, you know, to to be able to to adjust and to to make light of that new world, and. So just, we take a lot of stuff for granted, you know, right. and, and, and coming for that and then realizing that and then, and then not knowing how to, to communicate and express and forget about that because we don't want to worry the people we love. And that in itself uh, causes a, a, a world of isolation hmm. because we don't know how to express what is going on because we don't know what's going on. We're just agitated. We're uh, one of those 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 cars that that you know chew by you and makes a loud noise like that. It instantly triggers you. It's like it just it makes you angry. Mm. Um, you come home and and you're agitated all the time, and and you don't even know how to express this because uh, as a soldier, uh, if you express that you had a bad day, uh, people die. You know, if you have a bad day, people die. So it's mind over matter. So we don't we don't say 
the bad stuff, what's happening, because that's not the way we want to go. You got to keep the good stuff in the front of your head. Yeah. Yeah. But then like that causes us to hide all this other stuff instead of just keeping it real to the people that matter and the people that are close to your heart, mm. which is the ones that we hurt the most. Right. You talk about, um, you know, the lot of cars going by and agitating you. What are some of the ways that you've um, come to deal with those types of things? So with that, even uh, um, just just uh, uh, realizing that that uh, that I am safe, you know, first and foremost, that that nothing's gonna happen. That if something does happen, that that I know how I'm gonna be able to react and and overcome. And it's just uh, almost even uh, being able to, like you know, for example, people cutting you off, like that, and except you know, forgiving them because who knows what they're going through. Right. And and that to me is a big thing, uh, forgiveness, because it's, forgiveness uh, starts, uh, you know, for me is forgiving uh, what happened overseas, forgiving um, those people that, that had to do what they had to do. Right. You know, there's two sides to the story. For sure. I don't know. I just forgiving. You For know? Sure. Yeah, I, I I could imagine that forgiving the things you see over there. Forgi- forgiveness in general would be a real tough thing to uh, come to terms with, right? Um, but wow, that's crazy. So it's it's funny that you know I, I understand the psychological reasons why military people when they get back they're so agitated, and you talk about the guy going by you in, in the in the car, but. I mean, you guys are you guys are heroes, man. You guys you guys are trained. You guys are trained at the highest echelon of, um, you know, being a warrior, basically. And um, you know, from my perspective, it's funny. To, it's it's interesting to see how PTSD affects you guys. You know, because um, you guys are warriors. You know, and that's interesting to me. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's interesting you say that, but uh, it's um, warriors. It's it, it, you know we we had to go to the extreme level and and uh, and, and coming back. Um, I mean, the extreme level is meaning having to fend for your life, right? Losing life, taking life, and then coming back and trying to make light of that, and uh, and. Like I said, it just it, it rattles your core, and it and it goes with forgiveness, mm. and um, being able, as as Jenna says, is being able to open up your flag vest a little bit, you know, and just showing that like, hey, I'm 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 hurting a little. Right. Uh, I didn't mean to hurt you, because yeah. you know. And that's the hardest thing, right, to admit that. I mean, for anybody, even somebody who's not military, first responder, or somebody who's not going through PTSD, it's just a human thing to be able to, it's, it's hard to be able to open up and talk about something that hurts you or something that you're going through, right? And so when you're at a heightened level like that, I can only imagine how hard it is. But one thing I do want to get into real quick is your family. Uh, I know you have a family now. Did you have a family when you were in the military? Can you kind of give me a timeline on that? Um, I did, uh, but, uh, um, that it was, uh, a, d- a difficult time because, uh, it wasn't like, it wasn't a family because I was gone. I was training all the time and, uh, and 
even with that relationship, it was just um, because we got orders, you know, I I sped the process because I was like, you know, I, I honestly didn't think I was going to come back. And so I spent the process as, as a family. And when I came back, I was a whole other person that I did not know. And not having that, the, the, the tools necessary to be able to, to make that happen, it just, uh, and us as, as infantrymen, as men, not being able to talk about problems that are going off relationship problems because obviously we don't want to say any sense of weakness or, 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 or distress because we have to be we're at the top of our game we're not supposed to show any signs of weakness right. so that that in itself it, it it just causes us to to bottle up and and not even have a relationship mm -hmm. you know you're just absent and uh and that's why uh um you know i i saw yourself and and how you were the child of, of what happens I, I thought about my daughter and uh and i um I am doing this healing not only for myself but for others around me because we're that kind of an impact because people um, do or don't look up to you and, and we 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 play a, a role in, in how people see us and and I like I said open up the flag vest and letting the people that I love that you know that I'm working through that. Okay. Um, now talking to uh, you know a couple cops and, and firemen on the show, they all kind of talk about their challenges and talking to um, you know their coworkers or the brother cops, brother firefighters about what they're going through. Is it sound kind of sounds like in the military you guys don't talk about mental health or what you guys are going through, right? No, we actually almost uh, and this is you know not to be mean, but uh, we make fun of people you know like yeah. like are oh, you soft man you you know like yeah go drink water you know just you know the typical jokes to like in our in our ways like suck it up come yeah. on get over it man you know and but it's almost a coping mechanism doing that right it really is it really is you know because uh, it, in itself we're speaking this and it, it pumps us up like yeah see suck it up mm. you know and, and it's uh and uh it uh well, we know what happens, you know. Sure. I actually w w was actually even part of the, my processing. I was thinking of how how we can implement this into the military. Um, I know some some guys would say like, no, it's necessary to have that that mentality. Um, but I think in uh, informing, um, so even having, uh, uh, I would even say like, uh, and this might be a little extreme, but having like therapists assigned to platoon or company level, like actually assigned. Um, to be able to, to make uh, speaking about this, okay? Because hey, people, different people break different, you know? And some people can put up with more, some people can put up with less. So just making therapy okay to speak about something that, you know, if we can go ahead and, and patch that up before it becomes this, this big gashing hole, perhaps, you know, maybe it will make us stronger, so not only physically, because mentally, because we already, the mentality in the military is mind over matter. So if we can apply that in, in healing, maybe, I don't know, it's something that could blossom. Sure. We go overseas and we're this elite team and we come back and that elite team gets, gets dispersed. Boom. You know, some people get out, some people, you know, go and then you go into this other, to this other, uh, other unit and you build this other team and then you, same process. But then when you come home, you don't have that team. You don't know how to be that team at home okay. 
you know, we briefly kind of talked about getting back from deployment and mm-hmm. trying to adjust back to life over here. What are some of the challenges that you had to overcome when you first came back? <sighs> ah, um, unfortunately, um, it was uh, drinking. Drinking. Uh, we came back uh, and and we celebrate for those that uh, that you know we we mourn and honor those that that didn't make it and uh and then we celebrate for us that did and um and that mentality um doesn't go away um we we know that the next day we have to be ready for work you know and so we kick butt all through the week you know training and then and then when we have some downtime like that's how we shut our brain down and um that in itself doesn't allow you to do much. Mm. So that that in itself kept me in a cycle of uh, rabbit holing, you know, st- sticking, dwelling on 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 what could have gone better, you know. It just the morning just evolved into this depression of what ifs, and uh, so that 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 to me is the biggest challenge. That rabbit hole of what ifs. How did you? How are you? How are you currently dealing with that, and how did you kind of figure out a way to to deal with that? So the rabbit holing, um, as uh, Jana expresses it, you know, I'm I'm learning to to fill those to the, fill those rabbit holes, fill those rabbit holes with with the life's fertilizer, life's BS that 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 happens to happen, and just learning all that stuff and then using it for good and is planting a tree. In, into those rabbit holes, and that's very difficult because sometimes uh, the ra- the rabbit doesn't allow those trees to grow. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. right, so yeah. That is like feeling feeling that, that the positive and 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 what we learn, and that again is part of my what my homework is to uh, my timeline and and really closing those rabbit holes for good. Mm. You know, and and each rabbit hole is is, is a story. But right now I'm uh, I have they're, they're growing and I filled them up with with just the life lessons of uh, of of appreciating that I am here right now and not deceased because I, like I said, since the first deployment, I didn't expect to come back. And unfortunately, I think I, I kept that mentality hmm. until I learned to really uh, value my life. When was that, when was that, when did that thought come into your mind that you wouldn't, you didn't think you were gonna come back? Was that from, the first time you were deployed, did that happen while you're over there? I, like I said, I, I was a, I, I was a, um, I was, I was a little kid. We're, we're the only unit, you know, to go from from the whole from the whole base. So to me, that was like really, you know, like like oh, okay, so we're we're going to the front. We we know that that you know just hearing stories and and what you see in war. So I, I ex- expected the worst, and I hoped for the best. And that mentality rode through me, but it's what kept me alive. And so to me, it was now getting rid of that mentality and not expecting the worst because that's this was strained my body for so long. Mm. Now, one thing I want to ask, because everyone who's been on the show has talked about it. Um, did you have nightmares as a result of your PTSD? <sighs> yes. Um, long side because... Uh, it's what kept me in the cycle. I couldn't sleep. I, I 
repeatedly waking up multiple times in an hour, um, night sweats, and it was just silly, some silly dreams that, that I'm not silly, and I can say they're silly now, mm-hmm. but uh, pretty real, where, where I'm in, in combat, um, my weapons malfunctioning, you know, you hear this story all the time, cartoonish at times where I'm like trying to lob the bullet over and, and, and I still, I still can't, I can't make this, I can't successfully save this person. And there's different responding, because we were first responders as well, we QRF. So if there is a unit in, in, in distress, we'd, we, we're, we're there, we were, we're helping, but sometimes we'd get there and it was just be just mayhem. So we'd come there to help out and, and clean up and, and escort them back and, so it was just that whole, the whole mentality. Okay. Um, now you mentioned QRF and you're mentioning these kind of things you saw. One thing I ask everybody who comes on the show is, have you ever seen before or after you got back, have you ever seen movies or shows that would depict pretty accurately what it looks like to be overseas and be a soldier? Yeah, that's interesting that you asked me that question. Um, because that's one thing that I had to uh, stop seeing, stop analyzing, because I was, uh, as, as Jana would say, that that was keeping me in, in the fight in itself because I would jump deep in analyzing every movie and, oh, this is fake, and then this is that, and, oh, that's real, you know? And, and But to me, is that that in itself, like, I didn't even know, but to my core, I'd take that. I'd take that with me. So that was part of even the lifestyle changes, like, not even watching, not even, I, I'm just not even watching that and, and shifting from that to comedy. Mm. And, and so, uh, I, the, the one that, that everybody, that, that, that really gave me to answer your question was the lone survivor. And, and, and it just, that anxiety that, that, that would probably give one, that's, that's, that's what, that's what we go through. And it's like, it's all the time, mm. you know, so the, that's the one that that really got to me but it's um it's to me it's like transitioning to a different aspect you know yeah when did you realize that um you maybe had ptsd or something was going on in your head hmm so that uh that happened uh, um after i got out of the military um so like I said, because I had to stay in that mentality, and I, and I didn't know I was like I'm stronger. I, this is this, that didn't affect me. Um, so whenever I got out of the military and uh, I started dating my now wife, um, she was the one that 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 saw the the <laughs> the right. just the the just what the you know, and I was like, what are you talking about? You know, so she was the one that that it was encouraged me that to. Uh, to seek therapy, and uh, so I first started at the Veterans Hospital, and that uh, was a whole other story, and um, was there for about a year and a half, and then that's when I um, saw Janet after that. So, but it was, they kept me afloat, so I salute them, hmm. you know, but it was very difficult uh, um, to go through their process, you know, but uh, so it, it took an outsider, uh, 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 a neutral, a neutral factor to that ha- that hadn't been around that environment to be like, hey, that's I don't think that's normal, hmm. and for me to be like, whoa, yeah. So 
you said your wife kind of encouraged you to get some help. What were kind of some of the things that you guys were going through or you were acting? How were you acting that made her realize that maybe you needed some help? It was my rage, I believe. Um, my my anger. I didn't know how to communicate. Little stuff would set me off. Um, just zero to 100. And for whatever reason it be, and, and, and it caused me to to rabbit hole and for her to realize like, yeah, I don't think that's healthy. And in order for us to pursue, like we need to, you know, so that, that was, uh, um, that hurt a little bit, you know, cause I was like, whoa, I, I thought I was okay. Right. So, but, uh, but it's, it's okay. It's, it's a, it's a learning, uh, it's taught me a lot and it's, it's taught me that I could be so much more and, and that we can all be this. And by just being that helping hand, by by being uh, the safe zone that we have going on right now, sure. to be able to 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 speak about difficult situations. Now, um, once you met Jana, what were some of the things that you guys started doing that you thought or that you think really helped you in your process? Um, so uh, one of the things that uh, like to add on to like to add on to what we we're saying earlier is motivational speakers because that in itself gave me. Uh, it gave me an additional additional Jana on the side, mm -hmm. doses of Jana, uh, because she first uh, the first thing that changed me was my uh, changing my self talk. Because the the self talk that I had was uh, the the self talk that 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 was instilled in me um, through childhood, which was basically almost military like. And so the military enforced that, and so changing that 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 strict military drill sergeant, you know, rah, rah, you know, barking orders, you know, um, and just shifting that and being like, how can you still say that, but say it to where not only one you can hear it, so be, you can be able to express it and let other people hear it. Right. So. Was that tough? I, I can only imagine because, uh, you know, I think you might have heard me talk about it on other podcasts. Um, I know a lot of guys talk about it, especially cops and, and firefighters, is that it's hard for them to kind of switch from being a cop and being in charge of somebody or trying to detain someone on the streets and then talking to their family members. Being a sergeant, you're in charge of people and you have pretty you have a lot of control and command of, of who you um, oversee. So was that tough to transition? Oh, heck yeah. It was very, very difficult. Uh, it's what had kept me alive. You know, that, that, that mentality that the way I spoke was what kept me alive. And, and translating to civilian talk or family talk um, is what was kind of, I feel like pushing people away and just like almost even causing further isolation for myself because it's like, see, I don't know how to, I don't know how to, I don't know how to talk. You know, I know how to, like how they would say, like, be hostile, barking commands. And I'm like, but it's not what I was, my, it's not what was never the intention. Hmm. Okay. So you mentioned motivational speakers earlier. Well, which ones did you find really helped you? So Zig Ziglar's were the ones started off. And then um, Brendan Bouchard. I like the happiness of Brendan Bouchard, you know. But I like the wisdom of Zig, you know. And I like his, his uh, I like his name too, Zig Ziglar. <laughs> and and I, I watch a lot of TED Talks too. Okay. And because you know, TED Talks has a variety of different uh, people coming in different aspects, and and uh, being more drawn to learning about the brain and learning um, 
how we can the healing aspect and how people are are are, are vocalizing their expressions and to me uh, I, I i i'm a student at heart and i'm really love taking notes because it's i'm adding to more words that allows me to 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 vocalize to to everyone you know and what i mean everyone is first starts at home and it's you know the family my wife my, sure. you know yeah so what was that turning point where you were where you kind of felt that you were making progress i mean I'm, I'm sure it's an uphill battle continuously but what was that point where you said hey this is going to be all right uh it, i it it first started um jana made me a, a believer really fast you know like i walked through those doors you know it, i didn't have to go through all the different layers and i didn't have to talk about um anything uh that had to do with the military so it was she came in here and she listened to me uh as a person, not as a soldier. And uh, and she told me that, you know, she told me that I was gonna be okay. You know, and then she said, hey kiddo, you're gonna be okay. And then the next time I came in, she gave me a timeline. And, and when when she gave me a timeline, I I felt like like there's a goal. You know, there wasn't like, you're gonna be stuck in this. She's like, give me this long and you're gonna start singing. And she, she went from nine months to six months and um and i've been here for three years so so it took for it almost takes sometimes for for her to remind me or for her to tell me or, or for someone to, to acknowledge it you know that hey you're you're changing and and it almost puts it into perspective because as a soldier we're just doing our job like as i know that i'm going to therapy i want to get better and 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 i and i just dive you know head on i just i still have that that drive and so it it almost takes for for other people to see, to hear me talk like oh I've heard you talk you know last last year and to see you right now you know is is such a difference and it 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 makes me feel good because it makes me understand that I am growing and knowing that um that I can be okay with not with not uh having to to take a drink when I'm sad I can just know that I can go to bed and then the next day will be a brighter day for mm -hmm. sure learning to to be in 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 a relationship with myself and and that allows me to to be in a relationship with uh, uh with with those around me to be able to communicate and with that it is coming to uh, um learning to forgive again you know learning to ask for forgiveness and and then forgiving myself and with that it it, it it has given me a, a strength to be able to, to apply uh, some of the other stuff that, that Jana has taught me. Uh, it's just, it, we can go on forever, but, you know, uh, time and distance, you know, with, when someone says uh, something to you that, that you know, in the military, we're, we're, we're trained to, to react and to contact. So in a, in the, with, with family members, unfortunately, some of those words are close that I can relate to is reacting to contact. We're, it's like bullets flying. You know, and just how how we were trained in Iraq is a whole other story than what people see. We were over there uh, trying to win their hearts and their minds while trying to deal with all this with all this mayhem. And then we come home, and all we're doing is trying to win the hearts and the minds of those that we love. To and but it's hard to do when when all this mayhem's going on, mm. with all these words of anger and and aggression. So being able to to uh, not dancing, which not not getting into a firefight, 
being able to, to, to move out and to have time and distance so you can be able to, to think about it. And then when you come back to it, being able to talk and, and set boundaries. Never knew about boundaries. Really? So when you say time and distance, you mean like something, you know, let's just say for instance, for an example, in theory, your wife says something to you that sets you off. So you need to distance yourself, give yourself some time, mm -hmm. and then come back and, and handle it properly, right? Yes, okay. yes. So because with that is, uh, um, like I said, it, we're, we're just going back to, to the military mentality. It's like it's second nature to, you know, we're over there. We're, we're as police officers, we're there, we're there to help, mm -hmm. you know. And, and then all of a sudden this tragic event happens, and, and which it could be like a blow up, you know, which equivalent to an explosion in Iraq to an explosion at home. And then the first thing that we do is, or them shooting at us, we react to that shot. And then, but at home, you can't do that. So you got to be able to just go ahead and pause and just go ahead and take yourself out of that situation because there's no reason you're safe. There's no reason to shoot. Hmm. You think about it, and then you can come back and, and figure out what is it that happened? What is it, you know, and that's, that's when you hit it with the, with the you know, what, what happened, what went wrong, and what could have gone better. But this is all, this is easier said than done. Right. But no. this is, you know, years yeah. in the making. That's a great analogy, man. Hopefully that resonates with a lot of people. I'm Heck sure yeah. it will. But um, one thing I want to ask is, and you just mentioned it a little bit, is is it how did people in Iraq, you know, the natives, how did they react to you guys being there? Was Were they positive? Were they negative towards you guys? It was both. It was both. I got I got to experience um, both sides of it. And uh, we, we talked about this in, in, in our veteran group that some soldiers don't get to experience the the good side of it. And so they are only exposed to the devastation. So it's a little diff. I believe it could be, but it's, it's still it's still doable. It's like the forgiveness is, is a different process because maybe they they have they haven't they didn't work with that that positive side, build the relationship with some of them. So I had both good and bad. That's why it was it was difficult whenever stuff uh, hit the fan because it's it, it again I got angry. I was like, you know, what happened? You know teamwork but it's just so I, I saw both sides and i was able to um to take something from it and help me in my forgiveness process because it's 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 a it's a fight i don't i don't I, there's too much going on that that we're over there as we're all, all we're doing is fighting to our left or to right and then that mission that i bring back to from the beginning is that mission that purpose and um so it, it was uh It was interesting. Hmm. Okay. What are you doing nowadays? Uh, so I am a student at Fresno State. I graduated from Fresno City. Um, trying to give back to the community, volunteering a little bit. Just, just trying to be a little bit, a little bit of, uh, of what I, what I would want to have been my whole life. One thing I ask everybody uh, towards the end of every interview: uh, What is some advice you'd give for somebody who's going through PTSD right now? <sighs> Tell them that 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 there is a there is light and there definitely is a whole world outside of that dark tunnel, um, and like what Jana helped me is is finding that that uh, that abandoned warehouse of 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 memories that that you know that have uh, that have so much healing and growth to go. So just not giving up, just just uh, just keeping that same mentality that that that. that 
um, that we had overseas, that, that, that firm mentality of not going to give up and, and knowing that, that you will survive and, and learning how to forgive and, and, uh, and grieve properly hmm. and, and moving forward and, and honoring um, our loved ones because that's the biggest thing. We, we, we don't want to forget our loved ones, but knowing that we can honor them in a healthier way. Okay. Well, Pedro, thanks for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, best of luck to you in your journeys in the future, man. Thank you, boss. I really appreciate it. All right. After my interview with Pedro, I sat down with my co-host, Dr. Janet Price-Sharps, to talk about some of the things Pedro mentioned. So you just heard Pedro's uh, interview. And Pedro talked a a lot about a lot of different things. Um, Pedro's a staff sergeant for the U.S. military. And one thing he mentioned was coming back from uh, Iraq and trying to adjust to um, what I guess him or a lot of military people would call civilian life. What's the most prevalent thing that they have to overcome when they first step on U.S. soil from being deployed? It's such a shock to their system because they've gone from being in the thick of things to normal civilian life and you know when you think about I don't know when people used to travel we would travel slowly and the mind could kind of incorporate the changes if you were going from I don't know Idaho to California for instance and and it was a slow process but now with airplanes you go from being overseas to being home without any really transition time for the mind to kind of catch up with, this is now our new normal. And also, if you have, depending on what your role is in the military, if you have a command position and suddenly you come home and you're still speaking as as somebody who's in charge. And so, for instance, Pedro was a sergeant. So if you come home and you were a sergeant for however many years, suddenly you're at home and you find yourself speaking to you know your family like a sergeant and which of course breaks down communication and and then they're confused because their family's mad at them and they don't know why their family's mad at them and and the family can't really articulate why they're mad at them they're just like why are you yelling and it's usually I'm not yelling why (laughs) you know and and so there's a lot of confusion on both sides you know the spouse gets used to doing their own thing at their own time the kids if they have kids get used to doing what they want to do with mom and suddenly dad's back and it's almost like dad feels like a third wheel in his own family Uh, and he starts trying to say hey you need to go to bed well I don't need to listen to you I just listen to mom and so there's all kinds of massive changes in a very short period of time that creates a lot of chaos and a lot of strife and a lot of hard feelings and if people don't get the support they need and really walk through that process in a in a very thoughtful manner it can cause divorces what would you say to the wives of military um once their husband gets back, what would be your best advice for them? Well, especially if the husband has seen combat or been in a combat zone, realize that there may be triggers, even if he doesn't have full PTSD, that there are things that happened uh, when he was deployed that will trigger him now. Uh, without him may even being aware of it 
for instance, one of my vets talked about going back to school and the first day he walked in, saw people sitting in the hallway and they all had backpacks. And he went into a full-blown panic attack. And then he talked himself through it. But the panic attack was, oh, my gosh, all these people have bombs. And, you know, with all these backpacks and this whole place is going to blow. And he had to ground himself and say, okay, no, I'm back here. This is the United States. Those aren't bombs. They're backpacks. These people are not going to harm me. You know, and who would think of such a thing? And so... You know, one of my other guys, his wife put his her hand on his leg when he was driving, and suddenly he's driving very, very, very fast and going in and out of traffic, and she's getting upset, and he's getting mad at her, and it was a big mess. And then later they talked about it, and he said, don't, don't ever do that again. And she couldn't figure out why he was so upset, and later they figured out that was a trigger for him because in the military evidently when you put a hand on somebody's leg who's driving it means we're about ready to get blown up you need to speed up and so it was an immediate visceral reaction for him and so now she doesn't put her hand on his leg but it took some figuring out so wives and spouses if you can be very cognizant that it's a very fast change and that they may have learned some things over there that are not applicable to here, but they're not necessarily aware of those things. And also, if you see those warning signs of anger and drinking and, and uh, rage responses, to help your spouse get some help. Because a lot of times those are, if not full PTSD, but they're PTSD responses. One thing that uh, Pedro talks about is time and distance. Can you go a little bit into more depth about that? Absolutely. Very often when somebody is experiencing PTSD, they almost go from zero to a thousand where it might irritate you and I. It just sends them into a fury and a rage response. So I tell folks, if you feel like your jaw's starting to tighten up or your shoulders are starting to come up or your muscles are tensing, walk away and give yourself a break. Go mow the lawn, do what you got to do, and think about how you can respond to your spouse in a way that moves the communication forward. And that, I always tell them, time and distance, because give yourself some time, walk away, get out of the middle of it, and give yourself some time to recoup. And I also tell the spouses, give them that time so that they're not saying things that hurt your feelings and cause more problems in the relationship. But the folks have to come back and actually talk it through at some point. Uh, but the other thing is, remember that if you've been a first responder, uh, whether it's the military or any place else, you've learned to win. That becomes your focus in communication. Everything is about winning because otherwise you die. And so when you go home and you're trying to communicate with your spouse, remember that that kind of communication, you need to shift it from winning to resolving, meaning step on the same side as that person, see it from their vantage point, and talk about what is the best way that you can resolve this situation and figure out a solution rather than I've got to be right and I don't really care what it does to you. So switch from that winning to resolving. Dr. Price Sharps, as always, thank you so much. No, you're welcome. 
That's it for today's show, guys. Thanks for tuning in, and a big thanks to Sergeant Pedro Martinez for coming on the show. And a big thanks to all the men and women who serve our military and protect our country. Remember to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify, and you can always catch us on Facebook and Instagram at PTSD underscore whole. If you ever feel it's too much or need additional resources, the suicide hotline is 1-800-273-8255. Again, one 800 273 8255.